And uh, welcome to Sports Minds, where all roads lead to sports and we talk ball every season. We are your hosts, Filthy. That's Master Z. And unfortunately, we are a man down today. We're without Legendarius, you know, and uh, we're going to carry the load and it's going to be a fun show either way. What do you think? That's right. (laughs) So we taking over the rotation. Yep, let's go. And with that being said, we're going to lead off. We're going to lead with a salute to John Jones, a hell of a fight uh, recently. Uh, Hashmaster, what'd you see? Well, yeah, you know, um, I actually took the pleasure of actually going out in public and watching the, the watching the fight. Uh, some pretty good cards in there. Um, you know, uh, I would say leading up to the main event, saw some uh, pretty deciding rounds pretty long fights um and then when we get to john bones jones against the frenchman ah when i so literally when we're walking around you know having a few drinks watching the fight like it was the fight was over so quickly if you literally look down to tie your shoes the fight was over uh (laughs) when i say this man methodically took him down uh got him into a guillotine it was just like it was one of those it was one of those fights where i'm pretty sure john would want to let it extend but he just said let me go here show everybody i'm back i could do heavyweight and i'm gonna i'm gonna show you that this weight is no pudgy joke (laughs) you know everyone's making fun of his belly you know so once he got dude into the uh guillotine hold tapped almost instantly which yeah i I guess caused some controversy because it's like yo bro like i mean i i get guillotines hurt and i get you know i i get i get certain aspects of it especially as a grappling protect practitioner myself but it's like you you know try stuff out before you you tap out you know but i mean that could be like the weight of the man you know like you're in the ring. What if you're in there with the GSP, man? You know, it's like, oh, my God, he's going to hold me. And then he gets a hold on you. Like, shoot, I probably tap automatically. Like, oh, my God, he's going to break my leg. Like, I would automatically tap out. I mean, if I'm some kind of rookie. Oh, yeah. Right. But so you're right. Is, no excuses. This, this is a belt, the, you know, defense match, you know? No, you're, you're right. You should have put in more effort. I will say yeah. from my perspective, because I was interested in the fight. And usually for fights, you know, recently, they kind of go a little long. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll do my usual, you know, go through the you know, the loophole, you know, watch it for the free. So I was like, yeah, I have some time, you know. And uh, I was going to watch it, you know, had the kids going crazy. I was like, you know, I got time. I know they do the walkouts and everything. So getting ready to go. I know the fight's going to start. And I'm just like, all right, get ready. Get ready to jump into my loophole. You know, sometimes it takes some work to do. So I had to jump through a little <laughs> extra loopholes because it's a live event. And I get on and I was like, all right, here we go. Ready to go. And next thing I know, I see belts already on Jones, hands up. I was like, I and that was it for me. Yeah, basically. And <laughs> the reaction to everybody was like, God damn. Oh my man. I was like, I mean, they were happy. It was just, you know, on how swift it was. It was like John was not in that ring to play games. And yeah. I'm pretty sure eventually we're gonna have the the sound segment where uh you know of this press conference, which was interesting, by the way. I loved it. I love John Jones. Uh, <laughs> even even when he was talking smack to Daniel Cormier, like, <laughs> well, I, I don't think he was oh, talking. Oh, yeah. 
So I'll literally yeah. kill you. They so. love each other. <laughs> They're like Tom and Jerry's best friends. <laughs> but hey, Dang. you know, congratulations to John Jones. Uh, I think one of the bigger fight events that will get within his um within his legacy. Oh my gosh, I forgot um, you know, who he you know, who else he wanted. I know um big uh big African dude. What was his name? Um Nupinya. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Francis and Oh, there, there you go. go. Yeah, that was my yeah. first thought, but I wasn't Francis, sure. Uh, Francis, yeah, Francis and I know that he's out of USC for now, but hey, John Jones is calling you out. I feel like I, that that's the fight we want to see. That'd be and a nasty also, fight, actually. That whew. and also we got um, you know, hey, John John's new, you know, John's new journey within the heavyweight space. We'll see how that goes. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I would be on time. Here. I would be on I'd actually be on time for that fight if it happened. I would. <laughs> you know why? Make it happen. <laughs> right, exactly. This is how you, they're making you money. <laughs> yeah. On to more recent news of John Moran. Uh, man, it just let the good times roll with this one. Uh, he got an additional suspension for the games he was already serving. And the media is just serving this man up. You know, it's it's open season on John Moran for these guys. No pun intended. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> I thought I came in here with some more to say, but I mean, I can only be a down man so far. I mean, I think he already knows what it is. It's already yep. been a week. Time flies fast. It's social media, whether he's on it or not. Um, it's unfortunate. And, uh, man, just get better and forget the, forget the season. It is what it is. And choices are made. You can only just bounce back from that. So whatever, man. Like, forget the season. Just focus on your mental health. Whatever you think needs to get right and get that right and move forward. I agree. You know, because it's like at, you're 23. I know, like, we had our jokes last week, but I don't know what you were Granted, you know, hey, we could poke fun. But on the serious side, it's more of like, at this point, you know, you you got to reprioritize what you actually want. Why are you actually in the NBA? You know, just like, are are we about that generational wealth? Do you want to be the American icon? They brought up a very the media brought up a very interesting take on jaw where it comes to the current state of NBA players right now. When they were talking about who are the top five players in the NBA, like that could be the future of the NBA. Right. So Joel Embiid, Giannis, Akintapu, uh, anyway, Giannis, I don't know. I'm not <laughs> going to that. Uh, Nikola Jokic, yeah. Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and John Moran. Well, and then so the top, so so the first four players I named, in no particular order, by the way, uh, <laughs> they're all international players. Yeah. And since the NBA is, you know, out here in America, you know, strong American presence. I mean, international too, clearly. But John Morant has an untapped market of American, you know, of American sponsors. XYZ that can actually make him even more rich. Yeah. But if you're doing stuff like that, oh my gosh, you know, like you're you're missing out on you know untold, ungodly amounts of uh, yeah, amount of money right now. 
Um, and yes, I know money. Is I think a- he's in that position too, especially you know being a black family, and we're both coming from black families. You know, it's when you make a certain fuck up, no matter what it is. I mean, you're just never gonna live it down. So like, I think no matter yeah. what, he's never gonna live this down. No matter whether the media buries it or not, he this is stuff he's never gonna live it down. And I think as a part of I, I know all families do this too but you know strictly speaking we're black and black families you fuck up certain things you say or do you're not going to live it down and I, I know he's on the hook for that so yep. I know he wants to get right on that too so exactly just uh wishing him the best man and uh it is what it is we can only move forward it is what it is yeah but right. after that though we had some uh main hot action though in the nfl world we had some hot action with the combine Hell at the combine yes. very recently um the college's best and brightest that chose to be there showed out you know did the usual jockey you know showed off the strong <laughs> the horse show there were bread <laughs> forms and stuff whatever they said the dk when he ran his 40 that day right he's a thoroughbred. <laughs> yeah some shit like that but <laughs> we're gonna throw we're gonna throw 15 minutes on the talk clock Hashmaster, lead the way all right. Well, stance on combine. So, I mean, I remember first watching it on NFL Network in high school. I really, you know, I, I really loved watching, you know, I, I really loved what I was seeing. We'll just say that because it was like, oh, wow, this is how they work out. This is what they need to do. This is what they need to work on. Understanding like combine store scores, athletic scores, things like that, to where you put everything in perspective. Um, and as time goes on, and as you tend to really understand the nuances of measurables or football, period, you know, one thing, one thing's for sure when it comes to the draft and combine, it's not in an exact science, you know, there's a little art to it as well. Um, and that's, and I think that's like the balance a lot of these scouts have to, you know, have to really hone in on instead of, you know, a glossing and drooling over somebody who's a physical beast and you know could run out you know run as fast as the flash jump over a building and stuff you know and then overlooking somebody who on tape is a damn good football player they just may not be you know elite in certain athletic um you know test scores you know and i think that's where i think more and more now the combine's getting um, a bit better in that respect, you know, when it comes to like what, you know, fans see, scouts see, and what we and what front offices understand. So it's like a collective type of like, okay, yeah, you did good in the combine, but how good is your film? Um, which well, how about for you as someone who watches the combine? Like, what events do you watch, and what positions do you watch for? Like, what is what are you watching for when you're watching the combine? Are you watching everything uh, like the analysts are doing? Or are you just watching certain things? You care about the 40 more? You like the shuttle? Like, what are you looking for? Uh, uh, so I like, okay, I watch the 40 just because it's like a track meet. Uh, well, when it comes to like skill players, not, not alignment. I, I just, <laughs> I don't care. Um, yeah. But. Uh, well, we'll throw in since we're talking linemen. Uh, them running the forty, they have to adjust that, man. I mean, uh, it became more vocal. I saw a, a lot of other analysts saying this too online, and even us. Like, why, why linemen running forty yards? I've never seen it unless I'm playing Madden. Right. 
because um, they don't, and I never understood it. And then when they're telling us that the only thing that matters for old linemen new in that sprint is the 10 yard. So why don't you just have them run a 20 yard dash? And yeah, then, I don't think anyone would complain about an adjusted event for like certain type of skill positions. I think right. none of us would trip. Like, I don't think anyone wants to see a QB bench like 400 pounds. Like for what? We need you to throw the ball 400 yards. Right. Yeah. Benching yeah. for a QB that like, I just feel like that is a moot point. You know, like, what do you, well, honestly, the bench press period low key to me where it's like, who are you benching on the field? It's like, get get more into positional drills or workout specific stuff. I don't know, but it's just, you know, there's certain things where we're, we've gotten to the point in society to where things can evolve and change. And some of the stuff where it's like, what, how does this measure X, Y, Z for this person? Let's just take it out. Uh, so I do agree with you on that. But as far as like, what I watch, so 40 yard dash, certain positional drills. Uh, so let's say, for example, with the uh, running backs, right? As a former back, I like to run, I, I, I like to watch running backs do their thing. So whether it's the 40, um, you know, they're changing direction drills. So that's when they're taking the handoff, high kneeing through the, through the bags, making a last minute jump cut or juke. Um, you know, their pass catching drills just to see how good their hands are. Um, you know, it, that tells me a little bit more on how fluent of an athlete they are. And then kind of like, oh, you know, does this translate well on tape? Like what I see, what, whatever I see here in the combine, can I watch the same thing or close to it on tape? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just the combine period. And then of course, receivers, watching them uh, catch the fade routes, running routes with the quarterbacks, uh, the gauntlet drills. So, you, you know, one of the main things you that I like to see is, is the receiver, like I don't care how fast you are, it's just can you run routes? Does it look crisp when you run them? And then in the gauntlet drills, are you catching with your hands or are you catching it close to your body? You know, yeah, no, I agree. I totally enjoy watching the receiver uh portion of the uh combine it's just so cool to see just you know i mean we all watch it like oh i could do that no they're actually moving extremely fast and it's really cool to see just like when they do like the football ads and you know someone's always catching it one-handed you know whether they have a glove on or not that shit is impressive and it's really cool to see so yeah i'm with you i like watching the receiver portion of the uh of the combine yep exactly and speaking of um yeah i know that Consistence what a consensus was that the receiver class this year is kind of a little bit weaker than it was in years past, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. Um but, but the QB class though, that's what that's what everyone's going crazy about. Right. And just be in one QB in particular, Anthony Effin Richardson. Yeah, I did see that. I saw the replay on that. Um, but as someone who doesn't watch the combine as much, I don't see what the big deal is with some of this stuff is, I will admit. But just to see him do the vertical, I was like, God damn. To see him do the 40, I was like, holy shit. Like, this guy is crazy. So, I mean, we'll cover that later. I won't get too ahead of myself. But, I mean, I think there's major implications for where Richardson's going to go. But, yeah, this QB class is very strong. And I think uh, – I'm actually looking forward to this draft. Uh, 
I usually don't, but in recent years, this one and the year before that was really exciting for me. This one I think is going to be really active as well. Same. And I think this is a strong DB class. I think this is a strong quarterback class. Well, not as strong as 2021 as far as prospects. Yeah, you know, as like pure prospects, but it's like, okay, this is pretty good. Um, I CJ Stroud to me, I'm just going to say, is going to be like, depending on where he goes, is going to be the best quarterback in this class. Um, I will, especially in the first round. So, like, I like Bryce Young. Yeah. You know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be one of those people. Well, he's too small. I don't know. Well, we have Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, so you know, yeah. get over it. It's and like Doug Michael Flutie before them. Uh, right. Drew Brees. Exactly. Uh, and then you have a it's couple. It's all about short- the line, guys. Forget about the height. Do you have a line to protect these quarterbacks? That's what it is. Right. Exactly. Uh, but I think C.J. Stroud, when it came to the throwing drills, he got lost into the Anthony Richardson hype. So Anthony Richardson, you know, as we all know, compared to Josh Allen and Camden, which I'll get to later because it's like, I feel that's a fallacy and I'll tell you why. Uh, but CJ Stroud, you know, coming in there, didn't run the 40. We know he's athletic. We know he's fast. He's fast. Uh, but, you know, rightfully so. He wanted to show everybody pure throw in the football, you know, X, Y, Z. He, you know, and I and I do agree with him with his compare his self comparison as Joe Burrow and uh, Deshaun Watson, Michael Vick, where it's like he he could whip that ball, <laughs> you know, and, and he's saying Watson and Burrow because they're tough in the pocket and they could get you know they they play they they play backyard football, um in the, in the respectful sense. So it's like that's my favorite person. Uh, but with Anthony Richardson, where it comes to his measurables, you know, you're talking about a 6'5 guy, 244 pounds, 4'4", 340, like that's insane. And, you know, it's like, okay, deservedly so. You know, if you feel like, like you want to be called Cam Jackson, I'll go be it. But when you're in the SEC and you go 6-6, six and six, 17 touchdowns, 6 picks, which is not bad. But it's like, you're in the SEC in Florida with top tier weapons, and that's all we were able to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like Josh, you know, Josh Allen played at Wyoming and had no NFL players, so his stats weren't going to reflect what he could truly do because we saw what he was able to do in the Senior Bowl, and that's when I said, "Hey, you know what? <laughs> I don't know what these scouts see in Baker Mayfield, who completed only three passes." like their checkdowns, but you have this Josh Allen kid rifling the ball to other seed, you know, to other seniors and looking good while doing it, you know? So it's like, that's kind of like what I see where it's like, okay, when you're up against other top talent, are you, do you look like you belong? And Josh Allen, that's when I thought at the senior bowl was like, yo, this guy, this kid can play. Just don't know how well he, I don't know how good he's going to play. I just know he can play. Yeah. Uh, and then with Cam Newton, the whole, you know, comparison with that, and even Lamar Jackson in college, it's like, you're talking about two of some of the best college, uh, you know, college football quarterbacks we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And Anthony Richardson didn't live up to that. You know, it's like, rightfully so. This is only his first year. Uh, it's only your starting. Yeah. Um, so 
but it's like let's not let's let's jump up the hype train he's a physical freak phenomenal um well, but, let me ask you this. Outside of, outside of Anthony Richardson and the more obvious names, are there any other names in this draft class where you're just kind of curious to see where they are drafted? You know, any names out there? And you receive, like me, me personally, I'm kind of curious to see where Quentin Johnson ends up or a B. John Robinson, like these babe. other players, these other sexy players out there. Like, I'm very wife. curious to see where you think or where you feel like or where you see, you know, where you want them to go, you know, schematic wise. Um, so I, yeah, actually, let's see. Um, that's a good question. Like, I know, like, the pundits are saying, like, Bijan, how easy go the Eagles, you know, run heavy team, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think, think, I mean, I think cool the Eagles, but as a Cowboys fan, I'm a hater. I don't think the Eagles, you know, I think he'll also be successful, you know, as a bear, hint, hint. And, um, right. that, you know, I think you. there are other teams that could also use him, you know. If the Lions, for example, were to swing for the fences and get a Bijan, they could kind of move on from Swift. He's kind of injury prone. They could kind of make a wave there in the market and then run with Bijan and Jamal Williams. Just throwing that out there. I'm just saying there are other teams besides the Philly that could use a Bijan Robinson. Yep, exactly. I I I hold I completely agree. And honestly, with a lot of Philly influence around the NFL, don't be surprised if he goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Um you know, they need playmakers in a, in the worst way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want him to go, but <laughs> not, not to the Cardinals. He will disappear. Uh, you know, but it's just, there's so many different, uh, you know, combinations that you can, you know, that you can think of. I think Jemai White, um, you know, the running back from Alabama, 4-3 guy, another 4-3 guy, um, with the Alvin Kamara news coming out, you know, we don't know if he's going to be suspended, whether it's four games, six games, two games. Uh, they're going to need another dynamic playmaker. So you already have Chris Olave, um, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway. Yes. And I'm, you know, slant boy, too. Uh, and uh, I kind of like uh, Jameer Gibbs, you know, he ran a four three six in the 40, um, you know, I don't know where he's going to go in terms of where he's going to fall, but I mean, I think the Cowboys can use another running back. I don't know. They might have problems. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got, we almost got a disgruntled running back playing for free. He's going to build into restructure. More on that later. I totally messed up Jameer Gibbs name. My bad. I was, I was thinking of, I don't know why I was thinking of Michael J. White for a second. All right. Oh, you're anyway. hilarious. I didn't even realize that's who you were talking about. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, well we're on the same see. path. We both like Gibbs. Yeah, he was uh, yeah. funky, no, man. Gibbs, he had some boosters on him. Uh, like, it, it is just like, okay, look, all this band needs to do is just get a small crazy out. They, you know, I know they compared him to Alvin Kamara and all that stuff. I was like, ah, Alvin Kamara was 215 pounds and he ran a four five like he's he's, he was quick shifty you know soft hands he like (laughs) Jameer Gibbs is a speedster you know and he and he's physical too so it's like you're just getting a souped up Alvin Kamara you know uh or some you know somebody more like around along the lines of Travis Etienne you know that type of play style where they where they know how to play football they're just good at football so, 
Well, to close uh, out on the defensive side of the ball, like I don't know about you, but I'm heavily curious where Nolan Smith ends up, man. That guy is very attractive in terms of the results that he put down on paper. I'm kind of curious to see where he ends up as well. Yeah, same. Uh, Christian Gonzalez is another one. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was very I, impressive as well. I The fact that – so for those who don't know, uh, his sisters are on like um, – are are on the U.S. Uh, no, the Colombian track team. I want to say, really. Uh, and then when they went to school in the U.S., um, I believe David Blau. So his wife and Chris Gonzalez's sisters are on the same track team. So just killing shit in the relays. Ooh, okay. So uh, family of speed, family of yeah. speed. All right. Well, not yeah. no, we've been buzzed, but we gotta we gotta get to the meat. We gotta get to the meat. I, I can hold Let's out go. no longer. We gotta get to the NFL news. We gotta get to the top, 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 top. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears. They did it. They traded the first. The wait is over. It's over. We can rip off the band-aid. The Panthers get the first pick for a swath, including DJ Moore, some other Ooh. picks, and pick Ooh. nine. So the Ooh. Bears stay in the top ten again of this draft. Again, yeah. as I yeah. was saying, Hashmaster, Hashmaster, Bijan Robinson to the Bears, to the Bears, Bijan Robinson, give Fields more weapons. I'm not even a Bears fan, okay? Give Fields more love. He did it right by you guys. He played with a shitty team last season on both sides of the ball. You gave up Roquan Smith. Give this man Bijan Robinson. You gave him D- B- uh, DJ Moore. You gave him DJ Moore. Give him more. Give him more. I hey, look, I couldn't do that better than myself. So, yeah, no, I agree. Justin Fields. It's like you know, we could complain about oh he's not a good passer or oh he takes too many sacks. Well, you know what? If he gets six sacks fifty five freaking times, I wouldn't want to sit back in the pocket either. Get this man some protection. Get this man some help. Get this man some god dang receivers. And they did that. So DJ, so the cool thing, DJ Moore, hey, he's a legit number one receiver. If you get a thousand collectively a thousand yards a season minus two with uh I, I don't want to say this this way, but it's true. I washed up Cam in 2021. Yeah. Uh, well, just DJ, be honest, D-Hop did more with trash, too. Let's be honest, you know? Right. So, and, DJ Moore performed with less. A lot of running uh, wide receivers do that. He's been blessed, and he's going to the Bears. And I'm just curious to see what you would do, Hatchmaster. I mean, you got the pick nine. You got pick 61 in the second round. What do you do? What positions are you attacking? Knowing you are missing some pieces on the defensive side. Knowing you need possibly more offensive pieces. Knowing you drafted Velas Jones on purpose, how would you address your needs? Okay, cool. So as we know, in the big draft board, quarterback is you having a if you don't have a quarterback, you don't you're not going anywhere. You're going to be in purgatory. So assuming the Bears have their guy, Justin Fields. Yeah. As in, like when I say when I say that, I mean like for the future. So you have Justin Fields quarterback. You have. I, I like to go best player available versus drafting for need because if I'm gonna go for need, that's where I go to. That's where I dip in for a free agency, plug up some holes, and then I'll reevaluate and be like, "Yo, I want to get this, that, this, that to beef up stuff," and then go best player available. Okay. But for 
before uh let's just say you know for shits and gigs um if i'm picking ninth in this draft i see jalen carter you know or uh the other dude from georgia you know that nine do you know i don't know it's like legal situation i know i'd be if on but at the same time best player available if he's there nine you know ninth overall pick Let's do it. I'm I'm assuming any team that takes Carter, you're taking him with the possibility that he may miss time, just yeah. because we don't know how legal proceedings are going to go. Yeah, exactly. That's just being on learning. the airing in the exploring the gray area, I assume that would be the reality. So, I think any team that rolls a dice on Carter is going to be somewhat okay and not needy in that position. Right, and the thing about the Bears, which makes it tricky, is they're needy at that position. So. Mm. In which I can see that they address some of it, getting veteran leadership for through free agency, since they have a lot on the cap. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see that they need a corner, like another corner. Um, and you know, so it's like, okay, Matt Eberflus, we know is a defensive guy. So, you know, we we got so we got DJ Moore through via the draft. I mean, via a trade who's 25 years old, 26. So I feel like you don't need to draft another receiver. Um, you have Chase Claypool, who's more or less a second receiver, second or third option anyway. Yeah, so you made a like, deal for him, so you're going to have to implement him into your offense. And he's 24, 25 years old. Yeah. And you got D, uh, Darnell Mooney, who's – you put him in the slot, let him work. I, he's like he's a thousand yard receiver uh and then you know it's like yeah he didn't he didn't do much this year because he was hurt but it's like he could play so it sounds like you're draft, leaning maybe on the defensive side for pick nine yes because if you're giving up 27 28 points a game your offense when a, it's a special day in hell when your offense scores over 28 points <laughs> for the bears yeah so it's like you what I, I would get I would get uh, blue chip you know blue chip uh, players on the defensive side. Yeah, Christian you know, Gonzalez, where, maybe. See exactly. Oh well, shit. I you know I'm just putting my GM hat on. I'm just thinking about it. if I'm pick nine, I, it's what's wrong with the little that, bit of a reach here, especially if my offense is somewhat addressed. Right, I can see that. You know, but at the same time, you need somebody to rush the passer because when it comes to position of importance in the NFL. Quarterback, left tackle, pass rush, and then enter enter the uh, enter whatever you want at that point, whatever your philosophy is. Uh, corners are important, and then of course, if you have a shutdown guy or a technical guy, that pretty much is right behind the edge rusher, you know, because that you just handled one half of your field right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then with the success of Sauce Gardner last year, maybe this guy could be another version of that. You know, so if you have a defensive coach like Matt Eberflus, why not? You know, yeah. so I'll go pass rusher or corner there uh, as well. You know, it, at ninth, uh, second round, somebody who actually, you know, plays a lot, <laughs> you know, in college, just like a safe pick, whether it's a, you know, a solid pass rusher or, uh, a DB at that point because I know they they drafted DBs last year so I'd probably maybe I'd go for a receiver another one because I'm not going to pay Darnell Mooney 
you know, that's what that this is the or Chase Claypool. One of the two are going to have to go. Yeah, so, you can have a nice pair. You can have a nice pair with the DJ Moore. You can have a Trey Palmer. You know, Darius Davis and Matt Landers. If you're looking for speed, these are four three guys, man. Like the Bears are in a serious position to turn their franchise around. I, I'm excited to see what they actually do. So, um, and you know, and then before anybody says anything, what about the offensive line? Ah, well, I think they, they were, will get there. They, they, they also were middle do that of the too. pack. They were, they were middle of the pack last year. Yeah. You know, so it wasn't like it was Joe Burrow. It's just, you know, hey, Justin Fields has some growing to do. And I think if he sees open receivers or receivers that can beat one-on-one coverage, those sacks will go down. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's very interesting. I just love this type of chaos in the uh, NFL. And I feel like there were some years when it was just very stagnant, very everyone, just something going on, very boring, in my opinion. And I like right. I feel like they kind of took some cues from the recent NBA market the last few years, and it's always active all the time. And I just like this. This is very cool. Yeah, very cool. Because we're it's we're point two. Yeah, we're point two. Like, uh, you know, we're '90s kids. You know, we're we were born at a pivotal point in time. You know, culturally, you know, in terms of sports, everything, top to bottom. You know, we're seeing our our favorite players retire. You know, <laughs> yeah. Brings me to bring me to Patriots, David McCourty, man. Retires after 13 seasons. Hell of a career, man. Go McCourty, man. Three, uh, eight, three uh, all pros, three Super Bowls. You know, bro. that's. At <laughs> what point do we get him in the Hall of Fame? First ballot, second ballot. I mean, I don't see why he's not first, but you know, they get funky once you get once you start. Oh moving. no, I'm sorry, he's not. I'm sorry. As much as I I like him, but I don't think he's a first ballot though. No, what round? Oh, How shit. are you going to make him wait? He's a Hall of Very Good to me. He'll get there eventual? No, Hall of Very Good means he's good, but he won't get in. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, you know, and that's, I mean, it's like. So, Pat's Ring of Honor. You know, yeah, he'll do that. <laughs> like, 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 well, it, it's, it's nothing against him. It's just. No, nah, he has how many rings? He has some rings. He has rings. Yeah, he has three. Yeah, he's, but, yeah, he can get know, in there. I, yeah, he'll he'll wait a while if he does. It, it's much. just like you know, my thing is when I'm thinking of a Hall of Fame safety, this is this is how I'm thinking of it. Are you in the same breath as Ed Reed, Troy, <laughs> like Brian Dawkins? Um, hell, we loved Roy Williams growing up, and we he's not in the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Uh, true. True. <laughs> like, like we all love Eric Berry. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He won't be, unfortunately, because of you know other things, not football related. Yeah. Um, Earl Thomas is a. They said Earl Thomas is a borderline, you know, Hall of Famer. True. Where I, I would, I, I actually, I think I would disagree. I think he is one. You know, because that Legion of Boom, those defensive years, like that. You know, not a lot of people could say they they manned one of the most dominant secondaries, actually the most dominant secondary of all time. So, uh, well, he has a chance to get in. I mean, they let Brian Dawkins get in. Well, what does that mean? Brian Dawkins was one of the best. Uh, yeah, he he was, but I mean, shit, dude. <laughs> I was say, hey, take the ego bias out. <laughs> I mean, okay, well, Ty Law did. Ty Law's in there, so I mean, McCourty has a chance. But Ty Law was a shutdown corner. Like he yeah, was Ty Law was fantastic. Like, like, like he was 
that guy. Like, Even I was a Ty Law fan, and I was not a Patriots fan ever. Right. Like, Devin McCourty is, you know, he's good. He's a plug-and-play. He's very good. Um, I just don't think that he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's, uh, you know, it's like you're really good. Really good. You're just, it just sucks that people named Ed Reed and Troy Palmolo and other great safeties exist because that's how I'm going to, like, it's like when they're about to play a game and it's like, oh, Devin McCourty's up. Like, yo, we got to watch what, see what he does. It's like more of like, okay, it's cool. Oh, shit, he better play. Oh, damn, he good. Wait, hold on. <laughs> and then it's like, you forget about it. I don't know. Like, Fair but man. congratulations. You know, 13 years in the NFL is no small feat whatsoever. So, Ian, you got three rings out of it. So if you do make I, it, congratulations. But that's just what I honestly used to say anytime as a football player, you can leave uh, on your own two feet when you want to and not be told to in terms of injury, then hey, I guess that that's also a success. That's a huge success. Yes. Uh, speaking of success, will Derek Carr find success on Tanella? Four years, $150 million. Man, you know what? They, I feel like the car and the Saints, they both literally had a come-to-Jesus moment, and it was a match made in Christ. And it totally makes sense that he would go to the Saints of all teams, both uh, saintly-type people. And, uh, you know, he gets in with his brethren, man, and it totally makes sense. He gets to play in a dome. He gets to dodge all the weather. Uh, he has Michael Thomas. Maybe that kind of gets Michael Thomas kind of willing to restructure and get back out there on the field. Suddenly he feels 100% healthy. You right. know? They, they can figure out they already have a tight end who can double for, you know, any other position. So they got the trick play guy. They have to figure out their running back situation through the draft or their other positions. Their draft, I mean, their defense is already implemented. Derek Carr, um, he, he, he uh, upgraded. He definitely upgraded. Yeah. Um, and one thing that the Saints have that the Raiders never did have, other than like, I don't know, a competent owner, uh, pretty good GM. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a really good defense. There you go. They were yeah. number five all year last year. And all the, you know, and it's like, I get it. He doesn't have Sean Payton. Dennis Allen's not the, he's not my favorite coach. Um, you know, but I, I get it. They have a relationship together. Because Dennis Allen drafted him and believed in him, so yeah. why not? And the biggest irony in Derek Carr's career is how religious he is, and he plays in these certain cities. So it's like Las Vegas yeah. and New Orleans, Sin City, Party City, yeah. you know. But yeah. it, it it kind of matches him, you know. Like he's he's not a Southern guy per se, but he's. You know, he's he's like a he has a southern spirit. Exactly, he's he's an old soul. Yeah, yeah. I I saw this on a NFL on NFL Live. Shout out NFL Live. I love you guys. Um, but I was watching them, and they made this very interesting point on with Derek Carr being with the Raiders, whether it was Vegas and Oakland. They, like you mentioned, they were never that good of a defense, and they always gave up an average of like about twenty five ish points a game. Well, if I'm a quarterback, that kind of puts me in the bind. I'm kind of on the hook for at least three touchdowns. So, you know, that's where, like, the comeback kid kind of narrative kind of came through the last couple seasons when they were, like, upsetting teams. Well, if I go to the Saints and the Saints are kind of averaging about 20-ish points a game, 
shit. You know, depending on the game, depending on the day, I'm leading the game winning drive or I'm securing the three points at the end of the game versus having to force the ball and make the play. And now I'm injured or someone's on the hook and something goes wrong. Like he's in a way better position. And I'm very curious to see how they play out. And I'm also shout out to the Saints, man. They somehow found $150. I mean, I'm sorry, $150 million. They somehow found it. I don't know. Yeah, right. And then this whole time they're talking about they're in cap hell, which they actually are. But it's, yeah. hey, they, if, you know, we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that stuff later. Yeah, but yeah. We, say- we, we do our best not to pocket watch over here on Sports Minds, which is ironic because now we got to talk about Gino going back to Seattle. For three years and 105 milli. Gina yeah, stays well in deserved. Seattle. Well deserved. Um, and the thing about Geno Smith, I think what that's making him be more of like a well, he's probably one of the most relatable quarterbacks in the league, right? You know, he's gone through some struggles. Uh, you know, started we all know his story. He was a second round pick for the Jets, uh, struggled a little bit under Rex Ryan. He was actually the laughing stock of the league for those young NFL fans. He was the joke of the NFL for quite a long time. Yeah, because he had jokes. Punched. I laughed. <laughs> right, uh, and and I remember he was, you know, he was um, put in an impossible position in Giant in New York where they um, they benched Eli Manning, started Geno Smith, then yeah. it caused an uproar. And then the man just kept bouncing around, goes to Seattle. Then it's like, all right, well, I mean, he's there, but it's like, it's Geno Smith. The only sample size we ever had of this man is just his first, his rookie year and a little bit of second. And it's like, yeah, he's okay, but he's pretty trash. Then this year, you know, it's like, oh, oh, this is, so this is what it looks like when a quarterback actually has real support, real coaching, and believes in themselves, you know, believes in themselves. So it's like Geno Smith rewarded Seattle with like a 31 touchdowns, leading the league in completion percentage and passer rating. Uh, well, now, I will say, even to your point, I was absolutely flabbergasted watching him this season. Like the same. plays he was making, the intelligence, like not that he was never showing that before, but just as watching his uh, confidence in the pocket, the way he would roll out, the way he would just dissect the defense you know at the line of scrimmage and get his playoff and boom touchdown right there it's like it was just phenomenal to see like the top plays of his season it was just awesome to see it was great to see and it was just like you know me like oh my gosh dude like this guy this yeah guy? oh this is great you know i love it and, and he got paid like what's not to love man like exactly i'm surprised it's- i thought seattle would have a lot more down years given what they had but man yeah fortune ah. Fortune favors the bold. I, I I loved it because it's like it's been a while since we had a Rich Gannon like story where somebody from like <laughs> he has a career revival in the thirties. It's so rare, uh, and I'm glad it's Geno Smith at this point, you know. And and the other thing about his team mentality that I really like is, you know, because it it would be different if he was in his prime and someone's like, oh, what what happens if they draft a quarterback? And he's like, no, fuck that. It's my job. It's like. He knows he's 31, 32 years old, you know, had one good year. He wants to pro- clearly wants to prove himself, but it's like, Hey, what if they draft somebody? Oh, you know what? Then it's going to be my job to make sure, you know, for the team that I coached him up the best way possible. 
Exactly. Uh, it's possible Anthony I'm, Richardson landing spot, to be honest. Like, uh, yeah. Like Richardson with Geno's like type of brain in the QB room, I think would be a huge boost. Right. Exactly. And then he, you know, you know, it's just it's refreshing to see certain athletes, or actually athletes, period, be self aware with yeah. things. Uh, so speaking of self-aware or lack thereof, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, the, it continues. <laughs> it continues. But you know what? I think there is light at the end of the tunnel. At the end of the tunnel. Because it seems like, yes, it's down to Green Bay or New York. I mean, who cares? But I I did. I'm not sure if you saw this. Um, I forgot who it was. But one of the Packers big wigs, he came out and was like, we're getting down to the end of this. Like, yeah. Beginning. Like we we don't care if Rogers is here or not. We need an ending, and right. I think that's about as finalizing as you can say. You know, if I'm waiting to hash things out with my girl and we haven't talked, and she's like, "Let's just get it over with," I think I have my answer. You're right, exactly. Lane, we needed to talk today, and I'm like, "Dang, yeah, over. yeah, <laughs> yeah." But- I mean. If I'm Rogers, just get your money. If it's all about the money, get your money. Uh, work it out to work it out. If New York's willing to take on that load, go ahead. If you have to, whatever minutia you have to do to get it done, get it done. I don't see how you can play in Green Bay with a straight face. They clearly want to move on. Well, he clearly wants to move on. This yeah. is Aaron Rodgers' fault. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like, you know, oh, they didn't support him all these years. This man has had support. I don't. Like, you know, okay, first round receiver. Okay, you know how many bust there, you know, first round picks there are, period. So it's like, what if you miss? Yeah. Um, like any sort of relationship, both sides didn't help each other. Like you said, Green Bay right. didn't really help him after a certain point. Rogers wasn't really, you know, he was phoning it in. I think we all saw that at various points during games. You're right. Exactly. And, um, you know, it's, gotten sour and we just all need we all need the ending that you know so everyone in media can have their ending you know you know send him to new york let's see what happens and then if he doesn't go let him retire bring in lamar jackson to new york and, oh. or, or green yeah. bay you know we'll, <laughs> we'll see we'll see well speaking of cutting ties adam thielen out there been seasons had a killer time in uh, Minnesota, and uh, they cut him. Um, he's one of the killer Vikings. I mean, he has to go in their ring of honor without a doubt. Um, yeah. But at 29, he had some injuries, nothing too serious, if I remember. No, he did have one or two serious injuries. I kept him out recently. But, I mean, uh, well, what, yeah. do you, what do you do if you're Thielen, Hashmaster? Where do you go from here? Uh, I mean <laughs> – I last the last couple of years from he's been nicked up with like soft tissue injuries, but you know, that's a veteran presence, somebody who can run routes. You know, he's a, he's a third receiver at this point. Um, and maybe he goes somewhere where he revitalizes for a year, but I, I think, I, I think with all the, um, you know, the toll that his body has gone through, I think he's got like maybe one or two solid years left. You know, so it's like if you're going to sign him, it's probably going to be in a, uh, you know, depending on his goals. Like if he's trying to win a Super Bowl, all right, he'll probably be the third, fourth option, really be there for veteran leadership. Uh, if he goes to a rebuilding situation, get more money, 
Uh, once again, veteran presence. He could be a security blanket. Um, I mean, the guy could. He, I, I would say he could still play. Fuck it's it, just, go to the Chiefs. Just go to the Chiefs, man. Right. That's your yeah. Just, just ring hop. Just, just go to the Chiefs. Exactly. <laughs> you go out for you go out for five plays a game in the goal line, and you'll get a ring. Just, just go to the Chiefs. <laughs> just win it, man. You deserve. Yeah, it. it's fine. <laughs> but on to someone who is actually doing what you're doing and just going around collecting checks. Robert Woods, two-year deal to the Texans, two-year, fifteen million, ten guaranteed. Um, way to go. Well, yeah. Hey, once again, veteran leadership. He got the money. Yeah. Like, I mean, if Brandon Cook stays, I mean, that's Woods and Cooks. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. They can definitely produce. They just need a quarterback. We have to see what they do. Well, uh, coming can, day. can Woods produce still? Uh, I mean, you're right. Coming off that injury he had, he hasn't really been consistent at all. Yeah. but That's the scary part. I did feel like he did a mistake going to Tennessee because Tennessee, they don't pass the ball a lot. So, I mean, I don't know why he would go there other than money. And he did. That's, but that was a step Get back. Yours. Get yours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of getting yours and stuff like that, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of something clever, but I couldn't. But anyway, it's fine. Our Saturday. boys in Dallas. Yeah. Woo! I'm actually surprised they did this. I'm surprised. Me too. Yeah. Me too. They uh they clear up about 30 mil in cap space. Uh Dak, the leader, the field general, my quarterback. He go in, he uh, reworked his deal. Zach Martin, veteran leadership, hell of a guy. Reworked his deal. Good up cap yep. space. They're already tight. There, everyone knows not much money. A lot of free agents on that team. A lot of those pieces on both sides of the ball, they're leaving. Um, we, we have Pollard for the 10. I'm not excited about the tag, but we are strapped for cash. Um, right. I, put it this way. I wouldn't shell a huge amount of money to Pollard yet. But, I mean, you know, that's the crazy thing about running backs. It's like, it's like yet, then that would be like, then win. Because it's like, if you're a running back, you want to get your money now because you don't know. But, um, you know, Zeke. Yeah, if you're you know, Zeke, apparently the answer is never. Way to go, my guy. Like, yeah. and but, we, but I feel like a majority of us said this. Even I said this when I was way younger when he first got paid. Like, you're not trying to win. You're trying to get paid. We're not trying to fault you. But don't sit up here trying to be like, oh, yeah, the star. Oh, yeah, the fans. Like, get out of here, bro. Like, you took a money bag. You don't care yeah. about the team because if you cared about the team, you would have reworked at any point knowing yeah. they don't have any cap space. If you're really trying to be a leader and you're really trying to walk your talk or talk your walk, however you want to say it, Zeke, you rework your deal when Cooper gets dumped and there's no offense. There's no offensive weapons, and you know that. Yeah, I'm not, I, saying, I'm not saying you're on the hook to give up money. You're not, right? Everyone right. can do whatever with their own stuff. I'm not saying that. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. If no, you're trying I, I to win and you're trying to bring a ring to this organization, exactly. like a fan, you, you work your deal knowing Dak has no one serious to, to, to throw to outside of CD Lamb, right? Yeah. But your biggest contribution is what? To be the center? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh, so when it comes to players and reworking it's like certain like certain positions i'd be like hell no i wouldn't rework my contract no i'm saying i'm a running back this this is it this is all i got yeah you know 
quarterbacks, you y'all make two hundred million. I know y'all can move some shit around, but with, if I'm in Zeke's position, I get paid. I still lead the league in rushing or top three, and I'm like, okay, cool. And then I start getting hurt, nicked, and now I can't make. I shit, I can't make a snail miss. You know, yeah. uh, at that point, I'd be like, self awareness, like we talked about earlier. Yeah, you know what? I made my money. Like I made it. I have endorsements. I can move this around so we can win this championship and maybe I can re-up later, which in the running back's case, he won't. But, you know, having that type of, you know, thought process, yeah, why not? Because all you're doing is hurting the running back market by sitting there gobbling up money and averaging three points, like eight yards per carry or three, well, 3.6. 3.6. I don't know. He He's almost awesome. averaging Ray Ray Rice numbers, okay? okay? Yeah. Like, this is what we're dealing with right now. Yeah. When Ray Rice got hurt. Yes. I remember that. Yeah. Um, like, I'm respectful. I've been a Dallas fan for an extremely long time. And, you're right. Um, I give respect to the players, and I totally respect Zeke and everything like that, but it comes to a point where you're making their relationship sour, okay? We just talked about this earlier with Aaron Rodgers. You're making it sour. Okay. Yeah. We get your contribution. You think you can still play? Go play somewhere else. You know, uh, Demarco <laughs> right. Murray got ran into the ground. What did he do? He went to what? Was that Tennessee? He went next season, yeah. or you go to Philly? He went. He went to Philly first, and then he went to Tennessee. And yeah, exactly. Tennessee. Yeah, exactly. So he felt like he still had some juice, but I didn't feel bad for him leaving. Like I, I wish they didn't run him to the ground, but I mean, I knew he, the writing was on the wall. He wasn't gonna get paid like he wanted to. Okay, so right. all that to say, I respect the players that come before, but and I respect Zeke. But dude, you're making this sour, man. If it's a money thing, it's not a money thing because you know you had no more money on your deal. So it's just like, come on, dude, make a choice. Because either way, we want to move forward as fans. We want to be in a position where we can get excited. You're hanging the franchise basically hostage in a way. And it's just like, what the hell? Well, speaking of what the hell and, you know, testing the market, Lamar Jackson getting the non-exclusive tag. Man, I've heard so many, so many uh, different player perspectives on this. And one thing that most of them, I would say overwhelmingly, like 75 to 80% of them said. Well, before we get to the players, what do you think about it? Because even my opinion keeps switching back and forth on it, like on a daily basis. Uh, how are you currently feeling about it? I I feel I, I, I'm firm on it being a slap in the face. Um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, Baltimore is not known for having quarterbacks. You know, Joe Flacco, he, he got hot one postseason and never got hot again. He was never a regular season darling. His, you know, as a pocket passer, he passed for 24 freaking yards in his playoff debut. You know what I mean? But yet we killed Lamar Vern, not, you know, for X, Y, Z, this, that, and the third. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, you, you're, you're, you know, so Baltimore is known for, you know, being black and blue, you know, beating the shit out of you. you know, and, yeah. You know, and then you have a quarterback who low-key fits that. Well, I mean, if he was Cam, then I'd be like, okay, that's probably, like, more accurate. But with Lamar, it's like, yo, we're, so we're going to play dirty. So we're going to play we're, so we're gonna play close games, grind you out. And my explo- you know, explosiveness is the reason why 
that will be up there in NFL averages yeah. as far as like 25 you know, points a game scored while the defense is giving up 17. You know, well, we're going to your up- point. Uh, to your point, you're right. Lamar, at a time where pre-Roquan Smith trade, at a time when they had Lamar, the Baltimore defense had no teeth. They lost their teeth. Yep. Flacco got old in the tooth. Ravens lost their teeth. You know, the, the defense was gone. And yes. then they get Lamar, who obviously brings them back that edge. They have that edge now, ironically, on offense. And now the defense yes. is soft. So it was a perfect uh, equivalent exchange up until right. we got the Roquan Smith trade. And then ironically, yes. Lamar goes sour in terms of his health. And then they kind of they kind of are right back to the Ravens' identity that they are to close out the season. Ironically, right, right, yeah, exactly. Super ironic, you know. And it's like, do you? It's like, and then plus, it's like when you watch Ravens games, you're just like, yo, what? You know, why are we handcuffing this quarterback by not throwing the ball more? You know, it. Yeah. You know, and then you think about it, you're like, damn, who you got to throw to? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so it's like, I got to understand, you know, it's like, unless Cincinnati does this to Joe Burrow, which they won't, unless LA does this to Herbert, which they won't, um, like, why, why does it that what, you know, running quarterbacks or, yeah, you know what, let's not, let's, let's call a spade a spade. Why do black quarterbacks have to always prove themselves an extra year before they get the back? You know, Dak Prescott, you know, it's like, I, <laughs> Well, I mean, whether or not we think that the deal was a great deal now, it doesn't matter. The fact is, this this kid won you rookie of the year. He beat out your love child, Tony Romo. Um, you know, and and you know he, he's played solid. And then ever since Amari Cooper came to town, he went from I don't know about Dak to Dak. Dak is a good quarterback. He's good. He's you know top ten potential. So then with Lamar, it's like he's never had anyone really like that except Marquise Brown, who drops a lot of passes. But Mark Andrews is good enough. Like, you're like, okay. Now it's like, just imagine if we supported the offensive side of the ball, like we do the defense, and then – or maybe receivers are like, oh, I – kind of want to play with Lamar. I'm pretty sure they do want to. It's just like, nah, bro, I'm not going to fucking pass block all day. I don't want to run block all day. Like, I want to run routes, you know? Yeah. It, I don't think it's a Lamar thing. It's a scheme thing. So, to get rid of, uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. Guy for the Niners. What's his name? Greg Roman. There you yeah. go. Well, get rid of him. To your point, I, well, I, here's what I'll say. I do agree, but what where this Baltimore offensive plan got sour was the injuries when J.K. Dobbins was healthy, when um who else Justice Hill like when they had that entire rushing attack when it was healthy, they yeah. were completely gashing teams. They were they were winning with Lamar yeah. still running. They were completely working. So the offensive attack didn't matter when you had one good one decent receiver in Mark Andrews because they were right. averaging. Like five ish points a game, <laughs> right? Like, right, five. Like, they were averaging five to six yards per carry. And it's like, you don't really need to pass at that yeah. point, you know. Yeah, I, I, so I get that, I get that. And it's not like, all right, guys, let's throw the ball over the yard. That's just not Lamar's game. Like, he'll give you like one or two of those games a year, but then when you see it, you're like, damn, if only you know, we could see this at least give me six times a year, 
you know? Yeah. Uh, but the short of it is they just didn't get healthy. And so, you know, you can't perform when you're not healthy. And I think they didn't you just didn't shift. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, I mean, you just didn't shift. You didn't shift your offensive plan to the strength of your current team. And it is what it is. I mean, he got injured anyways. So Huntley had to lead the charge. But I mean, anyways, he was playing without a contract anyways. So this whole thing gets dicey because his whole dice roll was, I'm going to play without a contract, get us to the Super Bowl, quote unquote. And then you really have to pay me, which is a very respectable dice roll. And look what happens. It didn't happen. Now, here where we are, you're tagged for about 30-ish million dollars, and it's a non-exclusive tag. But I think where we're getting too far from, I want to pull us back to, is uh-huh. what I've been thinking too, because I'm a conspiracy theory kind of guy. I'll, I'll own up to it. I got lots of tinfoil hats back here. But is it possibly collusion? Because it doesn't make sense how I give you an open tag or a non-exclusive tag for 30-ish million, and the only twist is you match my offer and I get two first-round picks. Um, Kind of a fair price for a prime quarterback who is super dynamic and a former MVP. What am I talking about here? I'll give up the first two, two picks. And the Falcons come out, we're not interested. What? The Dolphins, we're not interested. What? Teams who need quarterbacks are saying they're not interested. And along with other teams that said they're not interested, how are you not entertaining a Lamar Jackson for two because. measly first round picks that may not even pan out? And at first I was like, yes, the Ravens are going to match. I was like, originally, he's going to stay because the Ravens are going to match. So it doesn't matter because you're not going to give up two first round picks. But then I thought right. about it. This relationship is so negative to where and the whole crux of it is Lamar is his own agent. So I don't know what that's like, but I'm sure it's a pain in the ass because it's contacts and X, Y, and Z and talking and all this other stuff. So because you have no agent, there's all this other stuff that Lamar basically has to do for himself. And it's just like, that's a lot of work. But if you're a franchise, how do you not roll the dice? Yeah. Oh, well, when you name those, when you name those franchises, what do they have in common? They're fucking losers. Well, so, yeah, I have to pull Atlanta, the full list to see who's already out, but I know right. Atlanta said they were out. I believe the Dolphins said they were out. I there were like, I there like five teams total that said they were out. And right. two of them needed uh, quarterbacks. Yeah, and Raiders, like... Like the they, Niners. The Niners have no quarterback. They have injured quarterbacks. Well, did they, say, did they say that they were out? That's true. They didn't. Because I saw a report that said they're, you know, they would be willing to listen. They'd be willing to talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's there, there's a market out there for them. I think what the Ravens are doing, which is why I'm like, it's like, it's tough because it's like, I, if I'm Lamar, I'm pretty sure he loves his teammates. You know, and his teammates love him. They've been backing him. And it's like, I want to come back, but it's like, do I want to play for that team? And then it's like, oh, go ahead. See what you're worth out there, blah, blah, you know? Uh, $230 million, $250 million guaranteed fully. I don't think you're going to get it, bud. You know, that's what that's pretty much how they're talking to him. Like, oh, yeah, you can try. We'll see what they say about you. And then yeah. you'll come crawling back to us. You know, that's that was the condescending stuff that I read through it. Where at this point, I think, I, I, well, you know, on, on the Rich Eisen show, I... Rich mentions that one of the most spiteful moves that could happen with the Lamar saga is Dan Snyder on his way out after the owners are pushing him to get out. Before he sells his team, he looks at 
he looks at the owners, gives the finger, fuck you, I'm going to pay Lamar Jackson a $250 million guaranteed contract, and now you have to deal with the NFLPA, and now all these players are going to get guaranteed contracts. Good luck. You know, wouldn't that yeah. be the most ultimate mic drop? Like, I, I didn't even think about that. You know, because it's like, because I, I thought that about point, that, but I don't want to give too. I don't want to give too much energy to that possible reality, only because Lamar Jackson in the division playing Dallas. I don't want to deal with it, man. Like I, I, mean, I don't. You're right, but I mean, I'm just saying. Look, as a as a as a commando, I don't want to deal with it, man. We already have to deal with Philly. Okay. Yeah. yeah That's already one wily coyote right there. I don't want to deal with two wily coyotes. The Giants think they're good, but they're not. But no. I don't want to deal with like two wily coyotes. Yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. I'm just saying, I'm just throwing it out there. That would just be crazy. No, that would be nuts in terms of the chaos. Cause I, in terms of me being a chaotic person, I have to support what you're saying. I do support it. But the sports fan, like, oh, in the division, ah, damn, like, this is going to hurt. With every yeah, enemy right there, like ah, fuck. You know, but you know what I'm saying, like that. I I'm just saying. I, I'm, no, I'm on paper that's in. deadly and that's very fun. That's a fun Madden team. A uh, Lamar Jackson in Washington, Terry Nichols, Scary Jahan Dotson. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, fun Madden team. Curtis Samuel, like what? Yeah, come on. Yeah, and then you got Brian Robinson running the toe to the rock. Like yeah. you got oh. God, like, I'm just, I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It's a but, long day. But, but what right. do you think about? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay, go ahead. I'm going to let you finish. My bad. No, I was going to say, though, just to go on back to it, if we're tagging Lamar for about $32 million, Daniel Jones just got cash 40 We're valuing Daniel Jones more than a Lamar Jackson. That makes absolutely no sense. Zero fucking sense. Because... <laughs> If you're telling me, oh, he's oh, he's hurt, Lamar, Lamar. I was like, he was only hurt back-to-back years. That's not a trend. Freak, you know, freak situations. And I personally think he could have missed, like, like, just one week last year. But he decided, I don't have a long-term deal. I lost. I will take the L this season. It's fine. Like, the crazy part is, man, I'm just playing. My mind's just running now. Like, if I'm the Jets, how do you not say, fuck this Aaron Rodgers deal. You're old. Lamar Jackson, you're young. You're sexy. You're hot right now. Come through. Yeah. You don't, the Jets don't need the first round picks. They're already going to be in bed with the Packers. So just exactly. go get Lamar. You already have the money too. Fuck that. What are we talking about here? The Jets are instant contenders with Lamar. Exactly. You know, I I think it's just mainly because it's a primary bias around the league that you know pocket passers. And, you know, and this Aaron Rodgers is going to the Hall of Fame, which he is, rightfully so. He's a he's a he's a four time MVP or five time. I don't know. Referred our earlier episodes to my thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Um, but it's just, you know, but it's like, why if you're a coach, if you're a coach, your job is to coach up players, make them the you know to the best of their potential. So if you bring in Lamar Jackson, and you coach him up the way you're supposed to. Like, and you have, you have weapons. You have Garrett Wilson. That's uh, what I'm saying. You know, Garrett Corey Wilson. Davis is not really that, but at least he's solid enough. He's effective when, he, when he's available. Right, though, that's what I'm saying. He's injury prone, you're right. Uh, Elijah Moore, yep, who Elijah Moore. I think would 
fitted perfectly with Lamar. Definitely. And then uh, get a tight end because CK Uzama is not it. It's what's his name? Tyler Conklin. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Anyway, yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, you got that uh, nasty-ass defense. So it's like... A defense that just got better who traded uh, a seventh to the Ravens for Chuck Clark, by the way. So they just got better. They got Chuck Clark. They got better. They just... They're letting James Robinson walk. Okay, so they believe in Brees Hall and his recovery as well. So their team's good. They're just missing a quarterback. And I'm just saying, if I'm the Jets organization, why am I going to roll the dice on an older quarterback who's one sack away from us going back to Zach Wilson when I can be in the hunt for a 26-year-old dynamic quarterback? Exactly. Uh, but I, I think it's just, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's going to be interesting because free agency. I don't see Lamar in Baltimore. The more I talk about it with you, I don't see him wearing a Ravens jersey. It's I, it's kind of fortunate that Legendarius isn't here because he'd be just blowing up right now. But right, like, I no. don't see him there because they disrespected the man in negotiations. Yes. They disrespected him all season long. They couldn't give him the money he was even asking for. We both know as fans that Deshaun Watson, is not equal to or greater than Lamar Jackson. So Correct. what he's asking for is totally fair. Do you want to pay that as an organization? No. Blame the Haslams for paying them in the first place. Right. And and don't make Lamar the example of it. Don't don't make an example out of him. Pay the man. Pay yeah. him. Because you're about you to know? lose out on a very nice car because you don't want to pay the insurance. You're right. But the it's car is like, about to take you to the to the to the top show. You're about to get a trophy, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then of course, yeah, we already heard DaCosta, you know, talking about like it's hard to find a receipt. It is, but it's like, bro, you guys have to stop thinking like run heavy 65% of the time. If you get some more balanced offense, like figure out like what you Play to your player strengths as a passer, or 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 even like what Rashad Bateman said, like as a receiver, you know, like play to our strengths. But you know yeah. what? I think that's kind of BS. Why he said that though, and I'm still on the side of Bateman. Uh, what's wrong with giving older players incentive-laden contracts? What's wrong right. with giving mid-level players, you know, who are open free agents, who you know can still play? And the complaint is Lamar has no help. You can't just find someone with decent hands. That's what your scout team is for. You can't yeah. give an incentive-based five million-ish contract. Exactly. Come on, dude. How can we immediately think about this? Hey, how about this? You retain Lamar. Go get Adam Thielen. Whoa. Like, what are we talking about here? We can easily try and bandage a Lamar situation. Yeah. If the Ravens really want to do that. And the Ravens are not dumb. They have they are a Super Bowl winning organization. Two times. So. so they know what they're doing. Two right. times. So they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. they don't know. So you don't know how to do right by this incredible quarterback. Exactly. Was so it a money thing or is it some other bias that you already had all this time? And now this money thing is just making it more obvious. Right. Exactly. Then but let we'll him see. Go and get your draft picks and don't try and collude if let's not maybe that's not it right maybe that's too deep off the deep end maybe they're not colluding but maybe help him get a new team then and get I, a new first round picks no i think no i think you're on on par with the collusion because it's like it's too you can't prove it that's the thing you know because people just say 
oh, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. It doesn't mean that they're colluding, but they know what they're doing. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a, the, that's, oh, woof. Anyway, we could get into this all day. Yeah, but let's move on. on all day. Uh, let's, let's move on uh, to the next. Let's move on to the next. Uh, <laughs> so we could, so we could talk about, um, you know, Philly's Philly's doing their best to retain the to retain what they got, you know, last season. Brandon Graham resigned for a one year deal, another one, even though half of their other defensive pieces are leaving. But that's what happens. You know, we knew this last year when they signed all these names to begin with. There was a one year we're gonna rush to get a ring and it didn't work. So people leave and some stay. So Graham stayed, everyone else leaves. Uh Broncos. Chase Edmond goes. Ronald Darby goes. I like Darby. Come to Dallas. Chase Edmonds go away. Um, Rams cut Leonard Floyd. Come to Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's just a Dallas party at this point. Yeah, Dolphins though. You know they're gonna pick up Tua's fifth round, a fifth year option. You know, um, it's a little dicey. It's it's, but... it's dicey. It's like if he if he finished the year without like ten concussions, I'd have been like, that's a great move. But now, like, see. Everyone talks about who's injury prone, who's not. I was like, I'm sorry, but Tua is. You know the definition of that. Yeah, you know, so it's like, do we really want to invest in him? I, I like, I get Mike McDaniel's, you know, being the great motivator he is, great offensive mind, you know, and telling Tua like you're not trash. Like I love, I love that. That was one of my favorite stories of the year last year. Yeah, on how they built up the relationship. I love that, but it's like. At the same time, it's like I need you on the field, bro. You know, yeah. yeah. So that's all I'm yeah. saying. But uh, in related Dolphins news, I mean, Tyree Kill restructures, Teron Armstead they restructure. Um, it translated into huge bonuses for them both, but more cap space for Dolphins to look for them to make moves uh, around uh, draft time. So it's gonna get active over there in Miami. <laughs> Lamar, I was fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yo, I'm just saying. <laughs> Go yeah. home. And other no tag news, uh, Chiefs, uh, uh, Chiefs tackle, excuse me, Orlando Brown, he's gonna walk, Jordan yep. Poyer, he's gonna walk, yep. Jesse Bates, he's gonna walk. I mean, all you guys can just come to Dallas, please, you know. But I get it, you're gonna get paid as you should, go get paid, and I get it. <laughs> we don't need all of them, you know. Uh, free, free agency is uh, gonna start, top 100 Brown. free agencies, you know, on the way. And every year, the free agency list comes out. And every year, I want 100 of 100 of the free agents to come to Dallas. That's it, it's just wishful thinking. That's it. <laughs> uh, speaking of wishful thinking, let's go into the NBA right now. Oh, well, so, before we get to the NBA, apparently Derrick Henry's getting shopped. I saw that. And, yeah, the Titans are in shambles. They should probably get relocated. But until Derrick Henry gets moved, this is a non-issue. So, Derrick Henry, get moved. We'll talk about Tennessee. In other news, Tyler Lewan, come to Dallas. NBA time. <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers. Came through again, once again. They are locked into the nine seed with another W. Riding hot, riding hot. They have a three-game win streak. Riding hot to close out the season. They were talking about the play-in. They were talking about the play-in. What about the playoff? The playoff, because the Lakers playoffs as high as the five. They can get as high as the five seed, man. Everything is so close, and everyone is getting so bad. We can just. Float right up there to the five seed. Forget the play-in. Just float right yep. up there to the five. 
And I think that's what's going to happen, especially after what I saw last night with D'Lo coming back. So Incredible play. And that's what I was telling Legendarius uh, offline. We were missing D'Lo's points. We have D'Lo's points, the averages, we win more. And we, we saw that right here. Dude, the second half was crazy. The fourth quarter, electric, man. Austin electric. Reeves, a breath of fresh air, man. He took over the beginning of the fourth. Incredible. Oh, yeah. Yes, he did. <laughs> The the funny thing is, like, I don't know if you saw the meme of LeBron James coaching up Austin Reeves, like when Austin Reeves was like just like a, another guy, and then when LeBron got hurt, like basically now this year it's Austin Reeves coaching up the younger dudes, and you can tell it in his play, like he's playing with confidence. So yeah. it's yeah, like he is big time. Oh, I think you know, I don't know the status of LeBron's foot, but it's like once that man comes back. And everyone, everyone's been gelling together. It's like, yo, I think, well, number one, I think LeBron's going to play off ball more. Um, you know, just so he can, you know, everyone else could get their rhythm and then he could do like, you know, demand the ball whenever. Yeah, he but could do like, less. He doesn't have to take over the game. He doesn't have to ball haul. He doesn't have to do that because like, that's why, that's why you traded for D'Lo, you know? He's right there. You don't have, you do less, LeBron. Like, do less. Pretend D-Wade is here. But then, like, do just do that. Do way less. Don't do anything, bro. Just yeah, just relax. about. Just like relax. I'm watching this team. I'm like, I've never been this confident in a LeBron less led team when he missed time because you all know this man can sit down for two seconds and then they already gave up twenty points type shit. Yeah, and, you no, know, unless yeah. it was like the championship years, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, there you go, like. You know, they, they kind of slip off, but it's not too bad. Yes. Um, but AD playing like the monster that he should be. Um, yes. And speaking of monsters, Joel in freaking bead. Yeah, he did again. Somehow, he did again. He uh, A buzzer beater. Did you see the play? Um, Actually, that one in particular, no. I did not. I watched. Um, it, was, it wasn't like a nasty release or anything like that. It was just like. Shit, shoot, you know, shoot a get off the pot, and he fucking took a shit, and it fucking was stinky, and it went in, and it was beautiful. It was wow, you know, beautiful shit. Yeah, it was a beautiful shit, and beach strikes again, and MVP talks once again surrounding him, which is ironic because Nikola Jokic on the same night dropped a thirty point triple double, which meant nothing because they gave it up to a bottom seed spurs team they lost by eight and this is a top seed team this is a top seed team in the west and they lose to the spurs yeah in march not good and uh, this is why you guys say Jokic gets that gets talked about how he gets talked about this is exactly why he doesn't yeah. take over a game it's like uh, yeah yeah i mean spurs, who have 17 now 17 wins by the way they're a sub twenty win team, and they beat a top seeded team. Oh my on a god! Friday bro. night. On a, yeah, like everyone's watching on Friday nights. So I know I wasn't watching that game because I was like, I don't want to. I said Denver Nuggets got this. Everyone said wrong. Yeah, yeah. I bet on the spread like a joker. That was ironically my problem. You know, I bet on the joker. Hey, speaking but. of jokes. And joking and jokers and choking and, you know, race. Yes, our sorry. go home story of the week is good old Kendrick uh, blah, 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 Perkins. Yep. JJ Reddick. Okay. So, 
I heard I heard different perspectives on this too, uh, and I'll come with mine. But uh, for yeah. those who don't know, uh, they're on first take. JJ Reddick and Perkins. They were talking. Uh, they were. I forget exactly what the topic was. I think Hashmaster has it more uh, recalled than I do. But they end up getting into it, and it gets kind of it devolves into like a conversation about race. And it was just. I did see the clip myself too. It was very off base. Um, it. Yeah, Hashmaster takeover because it was quite <laughs> gotcha. a, it was quite a spectacle. Uh, so basically, Kendrick Perkins was talking about the history of the MVP, you know, and he said that since 1990, that if you're invited into the MVP, you you know you're at least in the top ten in top ten in scoring. Well, basically top 10 in scoring. Um, and then we all know about the aberrations, you know, as far as like Steve Nash, um, Nikola Jokic, and uh, who's next? I think there was somebody else um, that that was kind of like, yeah, they shouldn't have won, but they won. I think uh, that was it. Uh, Giannis? No, 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 no. Um, but either way, so what? So so what Kendrick was saying was, you know, when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to uh, certain white players uh, doing, you know, triple doubles, all that stuff, or you know, getting their teammates involved, playing team basketball, you know, they're you know they've gotten. He didn't say you know they, they get more like a like a media pass, you know, because after the way I saw it. Giannis won two straight MVPs, and then when he didn't win the championship, they literally kind of just said, "We're done with Giannis right now because he's going to be player, P, you know, PER Prince. He's going to, you know, look efficient, and then he's going to choke in the playoffs." And then Jokic made it to a conference finals once, but got like absolutely destroyed with no vaseline, like, like no. So it's like what he brought up was the question is you know the question was like it's not that nba awards voters are racist it's just you know this year with Jokic, you know they fall in love with some of the like you know with some of like the meaningless stats you know low-key when he can't do it in the playoffs so like what criteria are we looking at here you know so you you know and i get it and beads hurt you know, Nick sometimes, Giannis, you could give it to him in a year at this point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I get that part. But the thing that JJ did that kind of irked me was, um, you know, was saying like just auto- automatically saying that it was a race car pool where it's like, well, no, I, as a black NBA player, Kendrick Perkins is, that's not what he said. He was just saying that he just felt that in this, he's like, it's not racially motivated. It was just like, yo, do we really think Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now? Like, when Steve Nash won his, was he actually the best player yeah. in the NBA at that point? Like, that's, you know, it's like, yeah, you have nice stats. You're an exceptional white player. Like, I get that. But it's like, but are you really the best? Like, and the answer is no. You know? And, that, and, that's, a, and that's okay. That's a fact. So no one's saying that anyone was racist. It was just, 
what JJ did was kind of shut down the conversation by saying like, oh, you guys do race baiting here on ESPN and, uh, and where, you know, and it's not, it's not about this and that. You're not, why are you calling them racist? And it's like, I didn't say anybody was racist. Yeah. Stephen A's face was quite hilarious. Yeah. He was pulling back. He's like, oh, hold up, brother. And he was just like going in and he was like, ooh. But yeah, yeah and then, but the funny thing, you stated that whole thing so much more eloquently because in the moment, like, Herc was just, you know, just tongue-tied and flabbergasted. I did not. Yeah, I did not. Yeah, I did not. Exactly. I did not. I did not. <laughs> it was just so funny. I thought they were going to fight, but, you know, I, I, know <laughs> yeah. I know what Kendrick Perk was trying to say. And, mm. you know, and it's like, I'm glad that you thought of that, brother, but let let somebody else do that talk. <laughs> That's you know, because it, yeah. it's like, it was like, bro, no, it's like, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, but, it, but that's the thing. It's like, we saw Steve Nash win MVPs over Shaq and Kobe before. And it's like, and then you, everybody in the mama know watching that season, watching these people play. It's like, I don't, Steve, Steve Nash is a hell of a point guard and he made a lot of careers. Let me just, let me just say that. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna give him his flowers in that way. But if you're averaging 15 effing points and you know, 10, you know, 10 assists, 15 assists, or something like that, it's like, okay, you cool. Yeah. But I need you to give me a bucket. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. like, and I totally insist, uh, young listeners that only know Steve Nash by name, I insist you look up as many highlights as you can on the old YouTube. Talk to your friends and family that are NBA fans. Steve Nash was a treasure. If you're a young sports fan that doesn't care about people that came before him, then mind your business. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> and, 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 and honestly, it's like it's, this is and it's not even like a like a knock on any of these players at all. But it's but I think it is an important um, conversation to have with, you know, with other people, because whether it's racially motivated or not, you know, racial biases happen. Racial biases are alive and well in all phases of our lives because sports is a microcosm of society, whether we acknowledge it or not. So like we were just talking about with Lamar Jackson, um, you know, the non-exclusive tech, or we talk about Aaron, Aaron Rodgers winning four MVPs um, and, you know, and defensive players maybe don't win any, you know what I mean? Like Aaron Donald or something or JJ Watt, you know, things like that, just biases like that. So when it comes to this year's NBA season, you're thinking, okay, Kevin Durant's always hurt. Uh, Joel Embiid. Oh, he hasn't made it past the, you know, the divisional round. So like, can he really be an MVP? And it's like, who are you to say that? Uh, yeah. You know, LeBron James, oh, you're 30, you're like you're 50 freaking years old. You know, like, yeah, yeah. LeBron, you've had it 12 times. You can't have it anymore. What? Right. But my, this is my most efficient season ever in X, Y, and Z, and yada, yada. Like, I'm the best. Right. You had it 12 times, no more. Right. What? Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. You know, or Steph Curry, you play on a really good team and you're the best shooter alive. So you, you'll be okay. It's like, yeah, no. Steph Curry, you Steph- keep breaking your own records. We're going to give it to someone else who's broken right. in zero and, records. And, and it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. Jokic is a great player. He's phenomenal. He's, you know, number one or two best passing big men I've ever seen. But it's like when we start 
just giving it to people because the story is better. Like, what's Jokic's story this year? You know, like if we we're talking about MVP being like a storyline based thing, well, what it has in recent years, but it's like, you know, what's the story of this season? It's like, okay, well, his he has story all is uh, back. Well, his story is uh, is the uh, Westbrook OKC story after they dumped Durant or after Durant left. It's you know him them succeeding without you know big names. Like right. no one really there. But that's not the story. I mean, they traded Bones Highland. He was uh, super effective. I mean, they didn't really have anyone that's really making you want to watch a Nuggets game outside of Jokic. I mean, MPJ. <laughs> I mean, he's cool, but like you said, it's not really it's not a sexy team. So. You're right, and and maybe and maybe that's and maybe that's like what Jokic has fallen victim of. But until he makes it to the conference finals or uh, NBA finals. Let's stop. Let's let's stop with this talk. But either way, yeah, that rant is over. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, that that's it. That that's the that's the show. That's sports minds for the week. Thank you for hanging out with us. We have absolutely zero sponsors, but if we did, we would put your ad right here and somewhere else in the episode. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, we'll see you about next week. Hopefully, Legendarius will be back. But if not, you know, I have no problem teaming up with Hashmaster once again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And All of right. course, after every video, y'all know what it is: like and subscribe to our channels. Uh, we're on all streaming platforms, so you know, I guess just for the popular stuff TikTok, Instagram, Spotify. Well, you can like our stuff on Spotify, I mean, on Instagram, but follow us on Spotify. So, yeah. anyway, y'all have a good day. Yeah, we Better exist week. everywhere. Be safe, be good. Until next time, out, out.